podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good boys and girls, two-footed podcast on Friday, February 4th, brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider that's a virtual privacy network, which allows you to go online, change your location, access things like BBC iPlayer, ITV Hub, all four, while keeping your data safe. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot. And with the code ROUTER50, you can get 50% off your Liberty Shield router at libertyshield.com. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 and get yourself 10% off at checkout. Right, folks, it is just going to be a quick one today. We are going to look ahead to the fourth round of the FA Cup because the FA Cup matters. It matters greatly to me and it should matter greatly to you. We have 32 teams left in the competition and they range from the Premier League all the way to Kidder Minister Harriers of the National League North, which is the sixth tier of English football. So we're going to take a quick look at the games, 16 of them starting tonight, majority are Saturday, and then there are three on Sunday. And I think there's a lot of good, interesting games here that are worth your while. So tonight, Manchester United at home to Middlesbrough. United obviously entered the competition in the third round. They defeated Aston Villa 1-0 to advance. Uh, Scott McTominay with the only goal of the game. Borough also committed a competition in the last round. They beat Mansfield Town 3-2. Ick Piazu, who's gone on loan now to Cardiff. Uh, Boyd Mentz and a Elliot Hewitt own goal in the 95th minute seeing them through. They had been two up. Mansfield had fought back. Ollie, Hawk, uh, Ollie Hawkins and Reese Oates had drawn them level and then a heartbreaking own goal by Elliot Hewitt sending Middlesbrough through and eliminating Mansfield. This is a favourable fixture for United, obviously at home against the lower league team. But United are in a little bit of chaos at the minute with the whole Mason Greenwood thing, with the uncertainty over... Lingard, he's not going to play tonight. He's asked for a few days away to clear his head with the Pogba contract, with you know just not knowing where they're going to be next season in terms of manager style of play, players not really knowing what their futures hold. I think it's a tough time for United. I still think United will win the game. You still back them to win at home against Borough. But 
under Chris Wilder, Middlesbrough have been much, much better. So maybe they will cause United some problems. But it should be a fun one. That one is tonight under the lights at Old Trafford. Uh, tomorrow, then, we have 12 games. First one up, Kilminister Harriers against West Ham. So sixth tier in the English football pyramid against the fifth best team in the Premier League right now in West Ham. This one is fun. And Kidderminster have been on this great run where they came through the qualifiers and, you know, getting to the first round proper was a big deal. They beat Grimsby, a division above them, in the first round. Went into the second round. They beat Halifax, also a division above them. And then... In the third round, they beat Reading, who were in the championship. Now, they're, they're a bad championship team, but they beat Reading 2-1, and that was a big, big win for them. And they've earned the right to play a Premier League team at home, at their own stadium. Agborough will be absolutely packed to capacity. I think the capacity is about 7,000, but it will be bursting at the seams. And when... Kidderminster fans talk about it in years to come that have been 50,000 there. West Ham should beat them fairly comfortably. But you just never know. You just never know. That's the 12.30 kickoff tomorrow. That, for me, is must-watch television. The chance to see a, a, a sixth division team taking on a Premier League team is great. Also at 12.30, we have Chelsea at home to Plymouth. Chelsea hammered Chesterfield last time out, beating them 5-1. I should have pointed out, I forgot to point out, West Ham beat Leeds 2-0 in the third round. That's what got them through to face um, to face Kidminster. But Chelsea, anyway, they hammered Chesterfield 5-1. Uh, Werner, Hudson-Odoi, Lukaku, Christensen and Zayich. That game was over. After 20 minutes, they were three up. Four up by half time, and Zayic put the icing on the cake. But Chesterfield, to the credit, kept going, and Asante did get a goal on 80. So credit to them for at least managing to score at Stamford Bridge. I think that's it's a nice little story. He'll he'll always be able to tell people that. No one can take that away from him that he scored a goal or that that team scored a goal at Stamford Bridge. That's something he can have as a memory. And remember, that's what this competition is about. It's about memories for players. Like the likes of Plymouth, they don't expect to win this game, but they'll be able to tell their kids and grandkids about the time they played Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, about the time they marked Romelu Lukaku or Mason Mount or whoever. So that's massive for them. Now, uh, Plymouth, beat Sheffield Wednesday 3-0 in the first round. Two goals from Jonathan Garrick and one from Ryan Hardy securing the victory. In the second round, Plymouth played Rochdale and beat them 2-1. Garrick again and Jeffcott. Jeffcott, I think is his name, with, uh, with the, the second. Uh, and then into the third round where Plymouth beat Birmingham who play, obviously, division above them. Game went to extra time, and the left-back, Ryan Law, 
got the winner to send them through. So they've earned the right to play Chelsea at the bridge. And it should be a fun day out for them, for their fans. Chance to really revel in the fact that they've had their little bit of a cup run. Premier League teams think of a cup run as, you know, semi-final or final. For a team in League One, getting to the fourth round proper is a cup run. Simple as that. Um, At 3 p.m. then, Crystal Palace at home to Hartlepool. Palace having quite a good season in the Premier League. Under Vieira, they look a different outfit altogether. They really do look far more impressive than they have at any time in recent years. Uh, Certainly far more entertaining and exciting. When you compare it to the dreck that the Hodge was putting forward, the unwatchable bilge that Hodgson was forcing upon us, uh, they beat Millwall 2-1. Michael Elise and Mateta with the goals after Benekafobi had put Millwall one up. So good comfort behind victory away in a London derby. That's that's a good sign for them. The hostile place as well. Really hostile place to go. Um, Hartlepool. Let me see what they did there. Obviously, they've come quite a distance in the competition. So they played Wickham. And drew 2-2. Am I right with that? Yes, they played Wickham and drew 2-2 at home. And then they beat Wickham 1-0 away in the replay of the first round. In the second round, Hartlepool played away to Lincoln City and won 1-0. Fioroni with the only goal. Lewis Fioroni with the only goal of the game. Actually, that's an own goal. Uh, Sorry for your luck. Um, does that say he plays for Manchester City? Yeah, he's a loanee from Man City. On loan at Lincoln, knocking them out of the cup. Good stuff. And then in the third round, uh, Hartlepool beat Blackpool. And that was a big shock because Hartlepool are a League Two team and Blackpool, obviously, championship club now. Uh, Ferguson and Gray with the goals after Anderson had put Blackpool ahead. So, again, come from behind victory against the team. Two divisions above you, that's big. And now they get Premier League opposition, so it gets tougher now. Uh, An old championship tie, a couple of old championship ties here then. Huddersfield against Barnsley, that's a 3pm kickoff. Uh, Huddersfield beat Burnley, Premier League opposition, in the third round. Coroma and Pearson with the goals. Jay Rodriguez had put Burnley one up, so that was a big win for them. And then Barnsley, who are having an absolute shocker of a season. Like, really and truly, one of the worst seasons you can imagine in the Championship. A season in which a team have had 21 points deducted are ahead of them in the division. Like, that's how bad things have been for Barnsley. Uh, They beat Barrow, who are a League Two team, on penalties. No, sorry, it wasn't on penalties. the game ended 5-4 after extra time. Sorry, that's my bad. That is that is absolute madness. Absolute madness. I remember talking about this one before. This game was 2-1 to Barnsley with 78 minutes played. Then it went 2-2. Then 3-2. 3-all. 
4-3 on 88, 4-all on 90 to push it to extra time. And then Carlton Morris with the goal in a, the 102nd minute. I do remember watching watching the highlights of that. That is, yeah, crazy. Um, yeah, so Barnsley against Huddersfield. Huddersfield are the better team. They're having the better season. You would expect that Huddersfield will, will go through. Uh, Peterborough at home to QPR. Again, Peterborough not very good. Bottom three in the championship. QPR pushing for promotion. You would expect that, that QPR will come through that one fairly comfortably. Fairly comfortably. They beat Rotherham on penalties after a 1-1 draw in the uh, third round. Peterborough beat Bristol Rovers. Uh, Joey Barton's Bristol Rovers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, at home to to secure their their passage through. Um, Southampton against Coventry. I've been saying before, this is a proper old school, mid nineties Premier League game. You can't get better than Coventry against Southampton. What more could you ask for on your Saturday afternoon than Coventry City, who beat Derby County one nil? Uh, with a single goal by Dominic Hyam to see off the Rams. And then Southampton, I don't remember what they did. Let's have a gander. Who did Saints beat? Oh, they beat Swansea. 3-2 after extra time. Uh, Shane Long scoring his goal for the decade to, uh, to put them through. You'd fancy Southampton as a Premier League team. Uh, Frank Lampard's first game as Everton manager is against Brentford and um, you'd have to say he could have gotten an easier start now Brentford might not play everybody and they are going to be without Thomas Frank who's got COVID uh, Brentford beat Port Vale 4-1 a Brian and Buomo hat-trick and a goal from Mikel Fares a four is rather putting them through Everton on a Desperate, desperate run in the Premier League. They could really do with something to liven up their season. And they will hope that this can be somewhat of a cup run to put them through. Um, obviously, they've sacked Benitez, brought in Frank, brought in Delhi, brought in Donny van der Beek. Uh, they beat Hull 3-2 last time out. Um, needed an Andros Townsend goal in, in extra time to see them through. But through they went. And uh, we'll see what Frank has to offer on uh, on Saturday. Uh, Stoke against Wigan. That is Championship versus League One. Stoke beat Leighton Orient 2-0. Goals by Tom Ince and Tyrese Campbell. Seeing the... The Potter's true. Uh, Wigan beat Blackburn Rovers 3-2 in the third round. Max Power, one of the best names in football. Uh, Ainsley Pierce own goal and Asgard in the 94th minute seeing off Blackburn. That was a big shock because Blackburn were going really, really well. And obviously they're a division above. Uh, Wigan had beaten Colchester in round two. Two goals from Callum Lang. And uh, they've, they've gone about this the hard way. You know, when you're in those lower leagues, you do have to 
fight your way through just to play half decent teams. Um, in the second round, they beat Solihull Moors, Solihull Moors in replay. So their cup journey did not start well. A nil-nil draw at home. They went away in one-two-one, but it's gotten better as they've progressed. And last time out, that was a big result for them to uh, to get past Blackburn. But it's tough to see them beating Stoke. It is tough to see them beating Stoke. Manchester City will play Fulham, top of the Premier League versus top of the Championship. Um, that's that's a fairly good draw. You know, for Fulham, it's a good opportunity to test themselves against the best in the league. And they beat Bristol City last time out. Harry Wilson with the only goal. Uh, City went to Swindon and, and did what City do against teams like Swindon, which was win comfortably. Uh, Bernardo Silva, Gabriel Jesus, Ilkay Gundogan, and Cole Parma with the goal. Um, Henry Winter uh, lauding City's kids for playing. <laughs> you look at the team that played. I think it was about 400 million worth of talent out there. But yeah, that'll be a good one. And um, yeah, look, Fulham, the win over Bristol set them on the way. They're going really well in the championship. They've just added Nico Williams. It'll be good to see. Uh, League One Cambridge will play Championship Luton in the... That's a Saturday game as well, is it not? That is a Saturday game, I believe. Yes, the second last, the penultimate Saturday game. Uh, it's a 5.30 kickoff. It's one of the two 5.30 kickoffs. No, it's the only 5.30 kickoff. So this one might be televised, which... Seems a little unnecessary that this one will be televised. But, look, everyone deserves their chance to play in front of, you know, a good crowd on TV. Um, Cambridge beat Northampton in the first round. A 2-2 draw at Northampton, followed by a 3-1 win at the Abbey Stadium, which is a very tidy little ground, and uh, you, should, you should keep an eye for that one. Uh, Nibs, Smith and Warman with the goals. Into the second round they went, and Cambridge. Who did you beat there? Exeter City, a two-one win. May and Nibs, and then the third round, they knocked out Newcastle. They knocked out Newcastle at St James's Park. Joe Ironside with the goal, making himself a hero to all men, and. I'm sure they would have preferred if they could have played another Premier League team. But look, getting Luton down to their home stadium at Abbey, uh, at Abbey Stadium, it gives them a big opportunity to maybe knock them off and get themselves into the fifth round. Luton hammered Harrogate Town uh, 4-0 in the third round to earn their spot. Then we have the old Premier League clash of Tottenham against Brighton. Now, Tottenham beat Morecambe 3-1. Winks, Lucas and Kane with the goals. Brighton needed extra time to overcome West Brom. Motor and Mope with the goals. That's the 8pm kickoff. That's the late one. That should be a good game. Looking forward to that one. Into Sunday then. Liverpool versus Cardiff is the first game. Liverpool had a fairly comfortable time in the last round. They beat Shrewsbury 4-1 at home. Cade Gordon with his first goal for Liverpool. Two for Fabinho and one for Bobby Firmino sending 
Liverpool through, as I said, fairly, fairly comfortable. Nothing to really write home about. They should beat this Cardiff team. Cardiff aren't particularly good. Cardiff beat Preston after extra time. Um, Isaac Davies and Mark Harris with the goals for Cardiff in that one. Cardiff are 20th in the championship. Liverpool should come through fairly comfortably. This is one I like. Nottingham Forest, a team on the up in the championship under Steve Cooper in fairly good form. A couple of iffy results recently, but since Cooper took over, they have been tremendous. They beat Arsenal 1-0 in the third round, Lewis Graben goal, and they will face Leicester at home at the city ground, so they'll be really confident going into that one. Leicester beat Watford 4-1. Yuri Thielemans, James Madison, Harvey Barnes and Mark Albrighton with the goals. Good performance on the day from Leicester. I actually think Forrest will provide a stiffer test than what Watford put out that day, especially in Nottingham. And there's you know, the Martin O'Neill aspect of this. This is the Martin O'Neill derby. Uh, he played for Forrest. He managed Leicester to cup success. Obviously, went back and managed Forrest to no success. But yeah, it's the Martin O'Neill derby. So we'll keep an eye on that one. <clears throat> and that is a kickoff of 4 p.m. And then the 6.30 kickoff on Sunday, Bournemouth at home to Boreham Wood. So Bournemouth, they came through in the last round with a victory over Yeovil Town, a 3-1 away victory. Macondes with the hat-trick. Yeovil play... Obviously, in the National League, the fifth tier, which is also where Borum would play. And Borum, to their credit, worked their way all the way to this fourth round tie with some pretty impressive games. So, in the third round, sorry, one sec. They beat Eastley, a 2-0 victory. That's Eastley playing the same division, so it's a good win for them. Then they beat St. Albans, 4-0. St. Albans played the division below them. And then they beat AFC Wimbledon. Now, they've been fortunate that all three games were at home. So this is the first time they'll play an away game. But if I'm not mistaken, they also came through qualifying, uh, as Kidderminister did. So... Yeah, these teams haven't just played three or four games to get here. They've been playing five and six and seven games to get here. So I think you have to give them credit. They've really shown, you know, a desire to do well in this competition this year. And and that's it. That is your weekend of FA Cup football. I think it's going to be really exciting. I love the FA Cup. I, I love the FA Cup. I think it's one of the finest cup competitions in the world. And... Uh, when you get a full weekend of games like this with teams that you'd never otherwise watch. I mean, let's be honest. Nobody else other than Boreham Wood fans and whoever they're playing are watching Boreham Wood. But this weekend, loads of people will tune in and watch them against Bournemouth. Uh, loads of people will watch Kidderminster against uh, West Ham. And that's just brilliant. It is brilliant. It doesn't matter if they get hammered. It really doesn't. What matters is that they experience it, that they get to play against these, you know, players from higher levels. For Kidderminster to be playing against the Premier League team is is huge, absolutely huge for them. 
and they'll make a ton of money, hopefully, off that game. And that should subsidise them for the next couple of years. And that's where the cup is really beneficial. A good cup run for non-league clubs can really boost their coffers for a few years and leave them in a much better financial situation than they maybe would be otherwise. Uh, We'll take a break, and when we come back, there really is just the gossip. So I'll do that, and we're done early on a Friday. See you in a minute. Right, welcome back. So, uh, before we get on to the gossip, there's been a couple of press conferences that are a little bit interesting. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang said that the only problem he had at Arsenal was with Mikel Arteta, that he loved his time there and that Arteta is the reason he has left the club. He said he wouldn't go into the details, but I'm sure they will come out eventually. And, um, yeah, I think that's not surprising. But... For Arsenal fans who aren't really all that keen on Arteta, and there are quite a lot of them, this will just be more fuel to the fire. I did read today from a piece in The Athletic that if Arsenal get top six, uh, Arteta will get a new contract, which is just hilarious. Uh, Standards in the bin, it would appear, at Arsenal. I meant to mention this yesterday because it happened yesterday. But finally, a little bit of common sense from Wraith Rovers. Uh, David Goodwillie, the rapist, will not play for them. Uh, The club have said they got it wrong and they are going to review his contract, talk to the player and try to come to some sort of agreement. Now, my understanding is that that's a two and a half year contract and it's going to be very hard for him to find another club. So they may well be stuck paying him for the foreseeable which really is not good. They've come under massive amounts of criticism from all quarters. And it's good to see they finally stepped down. This morning, or yesterday morning rather, they did have their club captain come out and make a statement about it, trying to back the signing. But there there was no coming back for that one. No coming back at all. Um... Val McDermott, who ended her sponsorship of the club on Tuesday, welcomed the announcement but said it was just the first step on a long road back. And it is a long road back. It is a long road back. There's no question. And the way they sort of spat in the fans' face by saying, oh, it's a football decision, was really, really poor. But it's good to see common sense finally prevail at Wraith. Frank Lampard has given his first proper press conference I can assure fans that will give it absolutely everything. Uh, You will until a better offer comes along. Don't pretend we don't know you, Frank. Uh, He says he's going to play a brand of football that fans will get on board with. Everton fans will get on board with anything if you win a couple in a row, mate. That's all you need to do. Win a few games and they'll get on board. You don't need to give them all the fake speech and all that kind of stuff. Just get on board. Um... The USA edged closer to qualifying for the World Cup in Qatar with victory over Honduras on a night when some players were substituted at half-time because of the extreme cold. 
This game was played in Minnesota, and the temperatures dropped to minus 16. Who in the right mind allowed a game to be played in Minnesota in January or February? That is not a place you want to go at this point of the year. I'm a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. So I follow a lot of Minnesota-based writers and fans on social media. And they post pictures of what it looks like there in the winter. And awful, awful is the only word I can think of. It is a barren wasteland. So whoever's idea it was to play that there is just, it was obscene. And whoever decided that should probably be taken into a room and slapped. Right, uh, we will do the gossip and we're done. Real Madrid's 24-year-old Brazil centre-back, Eder Militao, is wanted by Thomas Tuchel in the summer as a replacement for Antonio Rudiger. That would be an upgrade for Chelsea. Uh, Andreas Christensen could also leave as a free agent at the end of the summer. Manchester City are in talks with Bernardo Silva about a new long-term deal, despite him already having a contract that runs till 2025. Uh, yeah, he's having a tremendous season, but it's worth remembering that Pep was happy for him to leave in the summer uh, when he thought he was getting Kane and that he bought Jack Grealish ostensibly to play instead of Bernardo Silva. And uh, that has turned out to be absolute stupidity. Uh, Manchester United are increasingly confident of appointing Maurizio Pochettino as their permanent manager in the summer. Yeah, I don't see him having much of a future at PSG, to be totally honest. Pochettino is said to have tired of the criticism he has endured and does not intend to replace, or to not, not intend to remain with the Paris club beyond this season. Makes sense. It makes sense for everybody for him to move on. Lyon president Jean-Michel Aulas has said the club will do all it can to re-sign Alex Lacazette in the summer. Um... I th I'd love to see him go back there. I, I would, genuinely. Uh, Lacazette's contract runs out in the summer and Arsenal have no intention of offering when you deal. This speaks volumes of Arsenal and where they are as a club right now. Um, no intention. Not even a short-term one- or two-year deal to try and see them through. The other day, we had nonsensical reports that they're going to back Arteta to $180 million this summer, regardless of Champions League. And they're going to go and look to buy... Isak and Calvert-Lewin. Not one or the other, both, and a midfielder. Ruben Neves being the midfielder. Mind-blowing stuff. Mind-blowing. Tottenham and Juventus are both interested in Nicola Zaniolo. He's so talented, but I'd be really scared of buying him after two ACL tears. Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester City, Tottenham, and Manchester United have all been offered a chance to discuss a potential deal with Paolo Dybala after his contract talks collapsed with Juventus and he is at a contract in the summer and he is going to be the number one realistic free agent for anybody because Mbappe is going to Real Madrid. And he's probably, I think he's probably the second best player out of contracts. Who else is better? Uh, nobody. It is Mbappe, then Dybala, and then there's some 
some fella called Paul Pogba. I, I do remember a Paul Pogba at Juventus, who was a great player. Uh, but I don't know whatever happened to him. Uh, Frank Kessie, Brozovic, Nicholas Sewell, Christensen, Rudiger, Usman Dembele. There are a lot of good players out of contract this summer, like Bubakar Kamara, Matthias Ginter, James Karkowski. There's a lot of good players out of contract this summer. So, you know, a smart club could pick up. Let's just say your club needed a backup right back and a backup holding midfielder who could also maybe be your fifth centre-back. You could pick up Masrawi and Kamara on freeze, get that done now. You wouldn't need to worry about it in the summer. And, you know, that'd be those two positions boxed off. That that would be you know quite an interesting approach for a club to take. Um, Juventus, uh, no, I read that one. Germany striker Thomas Muller has revealed Bayern Munich have not started negotiations with him over extending his contract beyond 2023. The 32-year-old has been linked with Everton and Newcastle. He's not going to join Everton or Newcastle. But Bayern have a policy of only signing players over the age of 31 to one-year contracts, and he might want longer than that. But, um, yeah. Italian champions Inter Milan and their city rivals AC Milan are set to compete with Real Madrid for the signature of William Saliba. If Arsenal sell him, just close the club down. Real Madrid are considering exercising a buyback clause in Sergio Regulon's contract to re-sign the 25-year-old. I greatly doubt that they are, being honest. Juventus have identified Usman Dembele as a free agent. I think everybody has identified him as a free agent in the summer. Have they identified him as a target in the summer? Uh, Wayne Rooney's financially troubled Derby County have accepted a 600000 Pound offer from Aston Villa for nine, for 16-year-old Northern Ireland striker Omari Kellyman. Uh, I have heard bits of him. He is meant to be a huge, huge talent. And Villa would be a great place for him to go on the basis of that is also one of the best academies in the country. But it is heartbreaking seeing all these talented players just plucked from Derby one after another. It's absolutely horrible. They, regardless of who buys that club, the effects of what Mel Morris has done will be felt there for a long, long time. French side Lille turned down the chance to sign Jack Grealish, who remains a free agent after being released by Bournemouth last May. It's weird that nobody signed him. It's really weird. Blackburn Rovers defender Dara Lenehan is wanted by U.S. Major League Soccer side New York Red Bulls, who are said to be preparing to make a lucrative offer, lucrative offer, for the 27-year-old Republic of Ireland international. Um, I quite like Dara. He's from close enough to me. He's from Dunboyne. It's about a 20-minute drive from where me and Trev Downey are from. Trev would be closer. He lives the Dublin side of the town, uh, in, you know, his his palatial uh, estate. And, uh, yeah, that, he's a decent player. He's a good championship-level player, for sure. Um, get your money. If, if he can get a big bag of money from the New York Red Bulls and get to live over there for 
three or four years. Absolutely, son. Go and do it and enjoy yourself. Former Arsenal striker Ian Wright said it was sad to see Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang leave the club, but he has to back manager Mikel Arteta over the decision. Um, you don't have to back him, but you know that if you don't back him, uh, he'll likely have a temper tantrum and the club will call you and ask you to, you know, apologise. And that's it. That is me for today, folks. Nice and short. I will see you all Monday. Enjoy your weekends. Enjoy the FA Cup. There's football in other leagues as well. There's La Liga's back and all those things. You can go and watch loads of that as well. But watch the FA Cup. Watch and enjoy the FA Cup. And hopefully we get some real exciting games, plenty of goals, a couple of big a couple of big shocks would be nice, wouldn't they? Wouldn't, you know, even just one, one Premier League club getting dumped out by a lower league club would be great. I'll see you Monday. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.